0: Uh, Today, we're going to wrap up a series we've been in over the last five weeks. It doesn't really seem like it's been that long, but it has, uh, on prayer. And so for the last several weeks, we've been talking about uh, what prayer is, been talking about the the practicality of prayer. Uh, We've talked about how we can pray for others if you're fairly new to the Ridge and maybe you missed that week and you're kind of wondering what uh, the The board outside uh, by the doors are with the names and prayers written on it. Uh, That's there for you to write names or uh, just a prayer on there if you want, as we talked about how we can pray for others. It serves as a reminder to us uh, when and how uh, to pray for others, and so uh, that's going to stay out there for a while as we continue praying over those things. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, we talked about even how we can stay focused in our prayers, the things that distract us so how we navigate those things and then last week we talked about praying for boldness we've talked about praying with boldness and so if you've missed any of this series i just highly encourage you especially if uh, prayer is something that you struggle with or if prayer is uh, something that you want to know more about i just encourage you to go to uh, our website richchurch.cc or go to itunes and look us up there uh, you can also download our, our church app and, and listen to those messages and get caught up there because i think they will be really helpful for you. Uh, Today we're going to be in John chapter 11. We're going to finish this series out in John chapter 11. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn there for me. Uh, You can follow along on the screen back here behind me as well. But uh, John chapter 11 is uh, the story about a man named Lazarus. And uh, it's probably a very familiar story to some of you if you have any bible background any bible knowledge you probably have heard this story before and so uh, there's a danger sometimes i think in us uh, reading through scriptures that we're familiar with because sometimes we're just like okay yeah yeah i heard that let's you know let's get on to something else that i've not heard before but i want to encourage you this morning to look at this scripture uh, maybe in a fresh light and uh, my prayer is that you will see something new here. But uh, if I'm being honest with you, this text really, it flies in the face of the belief that God wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and happy. Now you read this text, if you know what uh, comes in this text, uh, if you don't know, then you'll see what I'm talking about here in a moment. But uh, it really just, I, I need no other text than, than this story of Lazarus to uh, combat this idea of prosperity gospel that says, "God only wants you to be happy, wealthy and um, what's the other healthy? there you go, that one too. And because you read this text, and it's very perplexing in a lot of ways. It's uh, troubling in a lot of ways. And if I'm being just really honest with you, this text is a text that uh, I don't like in a lot of ways. And uh, you're like, you're a preacher, you're not supposed to say that. I'm human. Um, and so I, I don't, I just don't like it sometimes because of of what it means to us. But on the other side of it, I also love it. I also love it because uh, it has been a warm blanket to my soul uh, over the last couple of years, really, in a lot of ways. And so this text is very important today, also, as we uh, travel to uh, travel full steam into Easter. And so Easter is next week, next Sunday, and we're are uh, excited about celebrating the resurrection of Jesus next Sunday, uh, but before we get to that, we've got Good Friday coming up here in just a few days. And this text actually is, uh, takes place just before Jesus is arrested and crucified. As a matter of fact, uh, what takes place here in this text would be the catalyst for the religious leaders and the Pharisees to say, we have to put that man to death. And so you'll see what I'm talking about here in just a moment. Let me ask you this question to start out. How many of you have ever said or asked this question, whether you've asked it out loud or maybe you've thought it to yourself, but how many of you have ever said, God needs to do something about that? God needs to do something about that. And I don't know what that is for you. That You could be sitting next to that, don't don't point at them. That that could be at home. You know that could be at work tomorrow morning, right? That uh, is uh, the uh, little bag of flesh that you call a child, right? Or maybe big, I don't know. That could be a, a situation that could be that that could be a lot of things that could be something that you saw on the news but we we've all probably said god why don't you do something about that and you fill in the blank i don't know what that is for you but i do know this is that when that becomes personal then it's a really big deal to you isn't it and when the question that you start asking, God, why don't you do something about that? Or, God, why have you not done something about that? God, when are you going to do something about that? And one of the hard truths of the gospel is, is that sometimes God chooses not to do something about that at least in our mind it seems like god has not chosen to do something about that but god in his great sovereignty and power is really truly doing something about that we've just not seen it yet and so if you have a bible open it up to john chapter 11 we're really just going to uh, fly through this text And, um, again, it is one that uh, I love, but in a lot of ways I also uh, don't like so much. And I think you'll see why here in just a second. So we're just going to pick it up, John chapter 11, starting in verse 1. Now, just before this, uh, Jesus uh, comes very close to to getting stoned uh, with rocks. um, And so we see this. uh, We have to clarify that here at the Ridge. But we, we see this. Uh, We see this take place. Stick around here for a little while. You'll know what I'm talking about. John 11, starting in verse 1, says this. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. And so maybe you remember that story where Mary anoints the feet of Jesus, cries over his feet, wipes his feet off with her hair. Verse 3. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. And so uh, think about this for a moment. Here's what's taking place. You have two sisters and a brother, and the brother Lazarus has become very sick. He has become very ill. And so the sisters send for Jesus. And so for you and I, this would be very much like the situation where all of us have found ourselves in before where something has happened, that has happened, God needs to do something about that, whatever your that is, and you begin to pray. You begin to ask the Lord to show up. You begin to ask the Lord to do something about that. And so just like the sisters, the sisters have sent for Jesus. They have called for Jesus. They didn't go to him physically at this point. They actually sent somebody to him to say, Lord, the one whom you love, is sick Now, I've always found that to be kind of interesting, too, is that they just said, the one whom you love is sick. Now, if, if you were that person, if you were Lazarus, now, they know, Jesus knows that they're talking about Lazarus, but they don't even have to say his name. Like, the, that's how close they are. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are close. They are closer than just acquaintances. They're closer than just somebody that Jesus knows. They are really, really close because all they have to say to Jesus is, the one whom you love is sick. Now, how would you like to be called that person? Right? You just wear that t-shirt that says, I'm him. Right? And everybody, hey, I know who that guy is because I'm him. That's Lazarus. That's how close they are. And so they send for Jesus. Now, it's interesting too because here's what here's what's taking place. You see Mary and Martha, they know who Jesus is. We see that clearly here coming up in the text in just a moment. They know that Jesus is the son of God because they've seen him do miracles. They've seen him heal strangers. They've seen him do amazing things. And so why wouldn't Jesus come Why wouldn't if they sent for jesus because they are so close jesus the son of god is their best friend And so they're like if anybody's going to do something about That it's going to be jesus And so they call for him to come To them And so they're in full-blown crisis mode calling for jesus And we've all been in that place before haven't we? Where we are praying, and with our prayer is, Jesus, you have to show up. Jesus, you have to do something about this. You've done it for others. I've seen you heal others. I've seen you touch others. I've seen you step into other situations. And so, why wouldn't you step into my situation? I go to church for crying out loud. Serving the kids ministry. I give. I'm there. Three out of four Sundays a month. Why wouldn't you show up? But look at what Jesus says, verse 4. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. And when you find out the rest of this story, you find this to be perplexing. It is, this is what he says. He says, it is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, if you don't get anything else in, the, in this message, you need to get this part right here because this is it. Jesus says, what's about to happen here, what's about to take place here, what you need to understand is that it's all going to happen for my glory. It's all going to happen for my glory so that the Son of God may be glorified. You see, suffering and trouble is a way for us to reflect god's glory it doesn't feel that way though does it it just stinks like it's not fun there's nothing enjoyable about it and he listen here's the thing jesus is not saying that it's enjoyable what he's saying is is he is saying that there is something greater and something bigger that is taking place in our sufferings and it is an opportunity for us to reflect god's glory in his gospel I love what Scotty Ward Smith said. He, He said that the gospel is the story of God doing all things well, not all things easily. And so when you think about that and you think about suffering and we ask the question, God, why don't you do something about that, that being our suffering? It's because God is doing all things well, not all things easily. Let's move on. Verse five says this. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Again, a little perplexing. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Now, I don't know about you, but that I'm when I read that, I just go, huh? Wait, 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 wait. Jesus, you just said that you love them. You just said that this does not end in death. But but your boy is sick, like he's really, really sick, and you go, I think I'm going to hang out here for a couple of days. But don't worry, this does not end in death, and it is for the glory of God. God, why don't you do something about that? When are you going to do something about that? You'll read this, and you think, well, maybe he doesn't love them, but it's really important. Let's skip down. I want you to skip down to verse 14 of this text. Verse 14 it says this. It says after a conversation with his uh disciples um about about this, Jesus goes on to say this in verse 14. He says, "Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died." You see because the disciples, Jesus says Lazarus has fallen asleep and the disciples are like, "But Lord, if he's fallen asleep, then he'll wake up." You see they're not the sharpest tools in the shed, okay? And Jesus has to plainly explain to them. Now, you don't get it. What I meant was, he's dead. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there. What? Huh? You, you just said this is going to be for your glory. You just said this will not end in death. You just said this is whom you love, but yet you decided to stay two days longer so he would die? I told you, it's troubling. He goes on. He says, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there. So even more than that, not only did you just let him die, but you just said you're glad that he did. I'm telling you, the Bible is crazy. It says, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe. You hear that? So, that? so that you may believe. And then Jesus says, but let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin said to his fellow disciples, let us also go, that we may die with them. Now, you, you need to understand this. Thomas was not saying this as in, yes, I am so excited about this. Let's go. Jesus, whatever you want us to do, I am all in. No, Thomas is going, you, wait, uh, we're going to go back to the place where you got, like, they were going to kill you. You see, Jesus, you don't understand. Some of them men are old, and they have really bad aim. And so when they're trying to kill you, guess who else gets hit? Woohoo! right here. And you want us to go back. And so Thomas, Thomas has a bad rap for being a doubter, right? Thomas, in his strong faith, right, says, well, all right. Well, then let us go also so that we may die too. Thomas is not being excited. Thomas is being sarcastic, okay? So they go. So they go. Pick it up in verse 17. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, this is really important. Dead four days by the time that Jesus get there. He was about a day's walk away um, from where Lazarus was. He had already stayed and waited two days. Now he gets there. So by the time that Jesus gets there, Lazarus has been dead for four days. And so it's interesting that they mention four days because this... Uh, these four days was very important. You see, the Jews believed that the spirit of a dead person would hover over the body for three days, waiting to enter back into the body. This is just what they believed. And so they just believed that, that that's what would happen. And so by the end of three days, if you made it to day four, the spirit said, I'm tired of waiting. I'm out of here. I'm gone. And so for Lazarus to be dead for four days and Jesus to show up Four days after the fact that he had been rested and put inside of a tomb, stone rolled over the top of it, Lazarus is not mostly dead all day. Princess Bride, anybody? He's not been mostly dead. He's dead, dead. Okay? Dead, dead. Listen, there is no hope for this man to get up. He's dead. And so when Jesus shows up, all of the hope that they had has begun to To run out. You see, God's love for us is not just shown in sparing us suffering. You see, we so many times we think that that God loves us when He spares us from suffering. But it is also shown to us in the middle of our suffering. You see, it is for our sake, Jesus says. says. He says, and for your sake, I am glad. for your sake I am glad so that you may believe. We have to understand that it is for our sake that Jesus goes to a cross, that he is raised from the dead, that he is interceding for us at the throne of God for our sake. And so that when we ourselves suffer, when we pray and we plead and we beg for god to show up and he does not one thing if you're a believer listen you're a believer it's for our sake and i know for some of you and even for me for a long time that does not make any sense whatsoever it does not make any sense We need to let this soak in that God loves us and he uses even death itself and suffering to show how much he loves us. And so maybe you've prayed and you feel like that he's not shown up for you. But I have to to tell you because this has, again, this has been such a comfort to me is that his delay is not his denial. His delay is not his denial or his lack of concern or love for us. A couple of weeks ago my kids they woke up early one morning and we were just you know doing our thing and I'm about to get them some breakfast and uh bring them breakfast and my son looks at me and he goes daddy can I have a piece of candy it's like you know 8 30 in the morning I'm like no you cannot have a piece of candy why would I give you a piece of candy and he just looks at me and goes because you love me Yeah, he was very clever. He was very clever. And so I looked at him and I said, and this is what I said to him, and I said, no, it's because I love you that I'm not giving you a piece of candy for breakfast. You had to think about that, right? I mean, it, some, sometimes God's delay, listen, God's delay does not mean God is denying. God's delay can be because God loves us. I, lo- I remember being a kid, and I remember... Uh, one day I I got this great idea to go pick up rocks and throw them at cars as they drove by. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And because my mother loved me, she decided to tan my hide. You know what I'm saying? Because she loves me. And so now as a... 37 year old man i know that it's not cool to go pick up rocks and throw them at cars even though let's just be honest sometimes it could be a lot of fun could it not right (laughs) and so there is nothing we have to there is nothing outside of the control of god nothing outside of his control and so jesus says that it's because he loves us And so he shows up four days late to the party. Now, listen, verse 18. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him and gives him the business. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. You ever said that to God? God, I prayed. God, I pleaded. God, I begged. God, I did everything that I knew to do. God, I I did everything that I knew that you wanted me to do. But yet, if you had just shown up, if you would have just answered my (laughs) prayer, then none of this would have happened. If you would have been here. If you would have been here. See, we know this. You know, that God answers prayers with either yes, no, right? Not yet, yeah? Do you know what? I think sometimes God answers prayers like this too. Yes, but it's going to feel like a no. Yes, but it's going to feel like a no. So when she comes to Jesus and says, God, if you would have just been here, none of this would have happened notice what she says next you see she's not questioning jesus's authority here because listen to what she says next she says but even now i know his her brother's been dead for four days there is no hope for this man there is nothing good that could possibly come out of this but yet she says if you would have been here he wouldn't have died but even now i know what does she know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. You see, Martha's not thinking about what Jesus just said here. She's going, yeah, I know, like, he's going to be in heaven, and he's going to, yeah, I, I, I get that. And Jesus says, and you're not understanding what I'm saying. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Now, Jesus looks at her and asks the question that is given to each one of us that we must answer. He says, do you believe this? Do you believe this? For so many of us, we think and and we think about the resurrection as just an event. We think about it as the thing that we are going to celebrate here a week from today. We're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, but we need to not fail to remember that Jesus is the resurrection, that He is resurrection, that He is hope, and that when we have Him, when we believe that, then we have hope. Her brother's been dead for four days. And Jesus just rolls up in there and says that he's going to get up because I am the resurrection. You know what Jesus is doing? He is just injecting hope into her situation. I know I didn't show up when you wanted me to. I know I didn't show up when you needed me to. I know I didn't show up when you you, you pleaded and you begged and you wanted me to. But I'm here now and it's not the way that you expected me to show up, but I'm here now, and I'm going to blow your mind. You just have to watch and see, do you believe this? It's an important question that we all need to wrestle with. Skip over to verse 38. Verse 38. Jesus gets to the tomb. He's asked, where have you laid him? Jesus also has basically the same encounter with the other sister, asking the same question. Verse 38 says this, Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha the sister of the dead man said to him. Now, this is one of those places where if you, re, if you have a King James Bible, I actually love the translation of the King James Bible in this situation because in the King James it says, Lord, by this time he stinketh. <laughs> Four days. He stank. That's what the Southern translation would say. He stank. Lord, by this time, there will be an odor, and (laughs) she says, for he has been dead for four days. It's it's, it's almost as if she's just like twisting that knife one last time, one last throw of the salt into the wound. She's like, four days. Dad, four days, he stinks. Jesus said to her, (laughs) I love that. It's kind of like, again, remember, they're... These they're close, right? And Jesus is like, "Did I not tell you that if you believe, shh, listen, <laughs> zip, it, zip it, right?" He's like, "Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God?" So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, he prays. He says, "Father, I thank you that you have heard me." I know that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. He had to say Lazarus if he would have just said, Hey, dead people, come out. First episode of The Walking Dead right here. <laughs> it would have gotten really bad. So she calls, he calls, she, well, he calls Lazarus out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said, that, said to them, Unbind him and let him go. You see, there is nothing that Jesus cannot do. So then why doesn't God do something about that? Whatever your that is, whatever your that was, Whatever your that will be. Here's what I know, and it's that I don't know. But I do know that he can, and I do know that sometimes he does, but I also know that sometimes he waits. And in the meantime, because of who he is, I can trust him. Sometimes he doesn't, sometimes he does, sometimes he waits. But in the meantime, I know that I can trust him because he made me this promise that if I believe, I will see the glory of God. It's not emotionally satisfying at all. (laughs) It's not one of those things where we walk out of here today going, yes! can't wait for God not to do something about that so I will see his glory. But like, we don't get excited about that. There's nothing exciting about that. But I do know this is that when we see the glory of God we will never be the same. And that when we experience his glory on display we will never be the same. And that has been what has to me been the most satisfying, warming thing to me in probably the last couple of years. And so why would God allow that? I don't know. But we know that we can trust him in the meantime. Sometimes, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he waits. But I know that we can trust him because of who he is and everything that he promised he would do. And so when you feel like God is late when you feel like God isn't doing something about that, you look for his glory. So Jesus asks the question, do you believe this? So do you really, do you believe, when Jesus says, do you believe this, what Jesus is really asking, he is saying, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust that I know what I'm doing? (laughs) Do, Do you trust that I've got this and that I've got you? Do you trust me? Do you believe this? No matter what, do you trust me? No matter what happens, do you trust me? So do you trust me? Do you trust them? Because, to be honest, whatever that is for you, maybe that is over. Maybe that has gone and passed. Maybe that hasn't happened yet. But if we're being real, we know that that is coming. And so do you trust them? Do you believe? And I I would love, I would love nothing more than to stand up here and say, hey, you know what? When you pray and you need God God to show up in your situation, he will be there and he will take care of all of it. I'd love to be able to tell you that. But you know what? I've lived life as a believer. I know that he he can. Sometimes he doesn't what i've learned is that even though he may delay he is not denying because i'm still seeing his glory on display so as we sing a song here at the end today and as we really just wrap up this series i just want to encourage and challenge you to to take time this morning to to pray and maybe it, for you, it is, it is to pray that, that when that happens, when you need God to do something about that, that on the front end of it, that you will trust Him, that God will fill you with faith. You know, the power to believe, the faith that we have to even believe in God comes from God. And God tells us to pray for that faith. And so maybe you just need to, to ask God to increase your faith on the front end. Maybe you're on the back end of needing God to do something about that and your faith has worn thin. You're like Thomas where your faith has almost decided to to become non-existent where Thomas says, God, I don't even know what you think you're doing because we're about to go into a place where people are going to throw rocks and I'm going to get hit and we're going to die, but let's go and die. So you need God to increase your faith on the back side. Or maybe there's been something in this series at some point. You just need to pray for somebody. or You need to to pray for God to to fill you with the courage and the boldness and the strength to to just press into Him more. I don't know what it is. I just know that all of us should pray. So as we close, as we sing this song, I I challenge you and encourage you to either sit where you're at and respond or maybe come down to the front and pray with some of our prayer team members who will be here to meet with you but whatever however you feel god leading you and drawing you to respond just pray that you'll have the courage and the boldness to do so so let's pray together father we thank you lord god that you hear us when we pray that we know that when we need you that even though your yes may feel like a no emotionally God we know that we can trust you so Father increase our faith to believe that you are who you say you are that you're going to do everything that you promised us that you would do when our faith runs thin and when our courage runs dry, God, we know that even though we cannot see with our eyes, that we can trust with our hearts that you're doing something about that whatever it is that you're doing, God, increase our faith to believe and to know that whatever the outcome is, that you will be glorified. And God, allow us to be a part of bringing you that glory. And that's in your name we pray. Amen. Will you stand to your feet and respond?